Hello Convention of States podcast listeners. This is our weekly podcast featuring historic legacy content from our audio archives. We hope you are educated and inspired by this week's episode. At the 2022 Convention of States Reclaiming Liberty Summit, Blaze TV host and number one best-selling author Steve Dace shares why he thinks this might be the last legal method for preventing civil war in America. You guys are in the battle of your lives, the battle for the country, but we have allies and friends, a lot of them. Sometimes we watch the media and it doesn't feel like it. Uh, Sometimes we get attacks from our own side. It really doesn't feel like it, but you have allies and friends and family in Convention of States. The next guy I'm going to bring on stage is somebody that I've known for quite a few years. Uh, We've crossed paths a whole bunch of times. We've become friends over the years. He is... uh, how would I describe Steve Dace? Maybe the most mild-mannered guy that'll come up on... Okay, I gotta be honest with you, that's not true. Steve always, you know, keeps his opinions to himself. He's... Okay, that's not true either. The thing that I love about Steve so much, honestly, is what... You know, it's true of everybody who comes up here. It's especially true of Steve. If you sit down and have lunch with Steve, what you're gonna get is, is the same man, the same talk, the same kind of ideas, the same principles that you hear on the radio, the same things that you read in his books, and I hope you have been reading his books, because I mean, he's done an incredible job. I think he did the best job of anybody in the United States of America of exposing the evils of Dr. Fauci and Fauci and Bargain. Am I right? The most powerful politician in America. It's incredible. So Steve is often willing to go where others don't go. And this is a guy who, despite his rise into fame and that everybody in America now knows who he is, despite that, he's still just Steve. He really is just a regular guy. He is humble, genuinely humble. And I think, uh, you know, I remember sitting one night with him at the Capitol Hill Club and in Washington, D.C., which is always funny for me. It's like a Forrest Gump moment. You look around, you're like, what am I doing here? (laughs) Steve and I were sitting there having dinner one night, and I remember him saying that he's like, I'm just the most unlikely guy to be here. Like, I don't even understand why God put me here. One of the great things, if you know Steve, if you listen to Steve, that you'll hear is that's a theme with Steve, is what God is doing, how God is moving, our duties according to what God gives us to do, what we are called to do. He's a man of great faith. And that is what leads him in this world. That's why he is so outspoken, because he understands both the seriousness of the moment and the the charge that's been put upon all of us by God. He knows where the power is and where the glory belongs. One of the things I love about Steve, I love about Steve, and, and you hear this theme over and over, the people who come on this stage, I could call them in a crisis, and most of them I have, including Steve, and say, I got a big problem, I need your help, or I just need your ear. I had one of those conversations with Steve recently, and he will pick up the phone, or he will call me back immediately. And not just for me, but for you. Because he believes in you, he knows you, he loves you, and I feel the same way about him. So it is my honor, my privilege to introduce your friend and my friend, Steve Dace. Thank you. At least one third of that is true. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I really, uh, that Capitol Hill Club dinner is still the best meal I've ever had in my life. No wonder those politicians are so fat and happy. <laughs> they eat like that all the time. On your dime, by the way, I like them apples, right? Yeah. Um, whenever I do these, here's kind of my routine. Um, I, I don't ever have a script. I don't have a script when I do my show. Um, I don't have notes. And I just do this off the top of my head. And I get all, as best as I can, I get prayed up before I come out here. And then I let it rip. And whatever comes out of my mouth is totally not my responsibility. All right? <laughs> so uh, I'm a victim, merely a vessel. All right? I, I, I think... They asked me what I wanted to talk to you about here, and, and not knowing exactly what the specifics would be, but the theme, I think, is pretty obvious. And I think the, there's a question on the table here, and, I, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll just be brutally honest, I don't know another way to do it. Um, if anybody else had asked me to come here, and on this kind of a schedule, and give up one of the few Shabbats I have in my life, a college football, risk giving up a college football Saturday, all right? I would have said no. In fact, guys, I'll just tell you, I've probably turned down tens of thousands of dollars in speaking fees from people asking me, you all need to speak, schedule me, call me in May and June, all right? I mean, all kinds of people wanted me to come and speak during the fall, and I need places where I can just retreat and be a normal guy named Steve. Otherwise, this stuff will consume you right? I mean, even the Lord took a Sabbath. This stuff will consume you. And so I rearranged my entire schedule, came down here at a very difficult flight schedule to deliver this message to you. And here's why. Because the 600 or so people that are here at this event this weekend, and I don't mean this with any exaggeration or rhetorical flourish or hyperbole at all. I want you to Listen very carefully to what I am about to tell you. And if you don't remember anything I'm going to say the next 25 minutes after this, remember this. Are you ready? ready. The people assembled in this room and people like you might be all that is standing between the America we know now and a civil war. And I'm going to repeat that. The people assembled in this room right now and the people like you are maybe all that stands between the America that we knew and a civil war. A lot of cavalier talk about civil war these days. A lot of guys with their 40-inch biceps listening to Joe Rogan all day, fake badasses. Yeah, civil war, man, yeah. But they made sure their little daughter, Misty, wore a damn mask every time they took her to Costco. They ain't, they're, they're, you're not, our people aren't ready for any kind of civil war. Are you freaking kidding me? Get out of here. Get out. You wouldn't walk into Rite Aid without a mask, brah. And you're going to take on the National Guard? Get the hell out of here with that. Okay, I didn't travel 2,000 miles to Lydia. Let's just tell the truth about the moment. The reality is, I believe we are being prodded into a civil war nihilistically. We have a duop duopolistic political system. And so because of that, 
there is, unfortunately, a symbiotic relationship between Republicans and Democrats, as there is in any duopoly. And when one side goes off the brink, the other side usually doesn't hold firm, but just follows them in a slower direction. That's a symbiotic relationship. And so what we have on one end of this duopoly is you have Democrats who have completely given themselves over to the spirit of the age. They have cast off all restraint. This has literally become now the devil in a red unitard with a pitchfork party. They're not even attempting to lie. They're just not even attempting to. Basically, every white woman Karen in America has cut a video for a major American hospital in the last two months, it seems, advertising, we're going to remove, and very nicely and politely, because they always are. We're going to remove the breast of your daughters and take the penile skin of your sons and craft a vaginal canal. Videos from places like the Cleveland Clinic, Johns Hopkins, this is the island of Dr. Moreau stuff. And there, is not, there, there isn't a Democrat running for office in America from dog catcher to president who would dare stand up to speak against it. That party is a demonic construct and has given itself totally over to the spirit of the age. Its platform is the doctrines of demons. Do not mistake that. However, Its opposition is basically Jesuit priest Republicans. <laughs> they have some form of theistic language that, of course, next to pitch black, looks holy. But if you were not to examine it in relationship with this doctrine over here, but just look at it unto itself, you'd never sign up for it. Wait, we're going we're to print 80% of all the money we've ever printed in this country in the last six years, and it was the Republicans who started doing it? Over a virus? I mean, <laughs> Mark's from Texas. How many more Texas patriots, how many Texas patriots does it take to get a Texas governor to declare an invasion at the southern border? We're about to find out, because apparently every damn one of you is going to have to beg the guy to do it, apparently. You guys would never sign up for this. You'd never say, yeah, that's my team. That's my agenda. And this is why we are closer, I think, than people realize to this kind of a moment. The day before Fort Sumter, people got up in America, married their daughters and their sons, tended to their crops, ran their businesses, handled their affairs, spoke their gossips, cared greatly for their societal stations. Except the next day would not be like any other day. And things would radically change. To this day, other than the people Ralph Barrick and Anthony Fauci at EcoHealth killed with the help of the Chinese, more Americans have died in Antietam than any other event in American history. Do not cavalierly speak of civil war. And looking at the ages of those of us in this room, myself included, I'll be 50 years old next year. It won't be us that'll be fighting this. It'll be my sophomore teenage son. He'll be asked to do it. It'll be your sons that'll be asked to do it. And I think what is happening is there is a demonic spirit of the age 
that hates all image bearers of God, regardless of their belief system, hates them all. And on this side, he is tantalizing them with, yes, give in to your passions, give in to all of your desires. Truth is now a desire. Truth is a feeling. My truth. Give in to all of that. Yes, yes, indulge. Fully knowing, as with any Faustian bargain, that these are the elements of self-destruction. The government didn't shut down gay bath orgies during the monkeypox pandemic because it cared for homosexuals, but because it does not. They're chattel. They're people for an agenda. And if you dare decide one day, yeah, I, I, I'm still same-sex attracted, but maybe I want to think for myself like a Dave Rubin or Rick Grinnell, you might as well just name yourself Donald Trump. You're not gay anymore, says the straight white kid with the Che Guevara shirt. If you're my colleague Jason Whitlock, you're not black anymore, says the Antifa kid who has to dress up in all black because he's, a, he's the bucko five albino that we gave swirlies to after football practice back in the day. So he's got to dress like that to intimidate you when really you're thinking, dude, I curl what you weigh. Get out of here, okay? But then over here, over here, we have been just lulled to sleep. And the things that ultimately matter really don't matter. What matters is what's the current price of gas. Materialistic things. Over here, they talk of conviction. Over here, we, we talk of positions. Over there, they talk of generations. Over here, we talk about the next election. We like the, we're like 60% of Americans in the let's go Brandon economy, living paycheck to paycheck. We live election to election because that's what those men pledged their lives, fortunes, and sacred honors for, that your God-given rights would be up for negotiation every two years we have an election in this country. Or with one singular vote of a Supreme Court judge you did not elect. Yes, that's, that's why they drove the redcoats off the shores. For that, that's what they did that for. But we are so dulled by our comfort and complacency over here that we're getting outworked. And so one more time here, one more time, in about four and a half weeks, we're going to dance the time warp again. We're going to do, yet again, we're going to vote for the red wave to save us. That's what we're going to do. It's, and it's not just going to be a red wave. It's going to be a tsunami. They're going to get annihilated. I saw Rick Santorum out in the hallway as I walked in here today. I think Rick gave one of the smartest pieces of political analysis I have ever heard. And if you guys know me, I don't compliment lightly. Okay. One of the smartest pieces of political analysis I've ever heard is I saw Rick, last time he was running for president, say, I think it was on one of the cable networks, it didn't, that even if they knew, after the passage of Obamacare, do you guys know that Democrats lost over 1,000 elections in America in the next three election cycles after Obamacare was passed? Over 1,000 Democrats, state, local, federal, lost elections. When Donald Trump took the oath of office in January of 2017, there were the fewest Democrats in elected office in America than we had seen since before the New Deal coalition was forged, since before the Great Depression, nearly a century. They had been wiped out. But Rick made this point. He said, you know what? I think even knowing what they know now, what the political cost of Obamacare would be, I don't think they would have altered what they did one bit. 
because it still gave them the power and the control that they wanted. See, you're going to vote for people to save you that don't want the power and the control. They just hate you. You're going to vote to have people that hate you save you. The only party that hates you more than Democrats are the Republicans, except it's worse with them because it's personal. It's personal. You're the reason they have to pretend to care about the things that Alan West was just talking about. They wish you would just go away, vote, and then shut up while we divvy up the spoils on K Street, which is an actual street in Washington, D.C. It's an actual place where a lot of the lobbyist firms exist. So what's going to happen now is a lot of our people have woken up the last few years. There are more primary challenges than ever. There are better candidates than ever. We are running more aggressive messaging than ever. Those things are all great, but it always comes with a trade-off. See, our people are more awake than ever, and so what will happen is, for every Cary Lake they may get in Arizona, they're going to get 10 or 15 other Republicans elsewhere that ain't worth the salt in your tears or the spit on your asphalt. And when that happens, when the Republicans don't want to govern, when they don't want to take the power that you will give them in four and a half weeks and use it to smite your enemies, which is why you're voting for them, when they won't do that, when they will at best be traffic cones who may slow up the rate of speed, maybe you've got an extra 10 seconds to outrun the mob outside Lot's house. Where's all that energy going to go? Out here, they're not lying anymore. All the old t they're not calling tax increases investments anymore. Joe Biden's just out there outright talking about nuclear war last night, guys. They're not, there is no camouflage over here. All the, all the talking points, if you're a boomer or a Gen Xer like me that you grew up listening to from these guys, they don't use them anymore. My job's never been easier. I don't have to decode what these people mean for you anymore. They just tell you. And so you, our people are awake. Four and a half weeks from now, an entire generation of under 50 Hispanics are going to do something that was previously never foreseen. They're going to vote Republican. Yeah. But they're not like you. They've not been doled into the two-party morass. They're not doing it out of some tribalistic loyalty or lesser of two evils. They earnestly believe the GOP believes their own talking points. All those border counties in Texas that are going to go red, they really believe the GOP is going to do something about immigration. They weren't here 10 years ago when people like me were writing columns and doing shows trying to stop the GOP from doing amnesty before the Democrats even talked about it for their Chamber of Commerce pimps. These people are pinning their hopes. See, your defenses have been doled. You'll just vote GOP to buy yourself some time. You're used to it. You're the frog in the boiling water now. You're the college basketball coach who is down by 20 and the other team goes on a 10-0 run. You call a timeout to stymie their momentum. And you do. But you're still down by 20. Like you stopped the current run, but you're still down by 20 points. You have grown accustomed to this. 
they have it. There's all kinds of brown people that are going to vote Republican because they really think, hey, now that we're assimilated here and we're raising families here, we don't want the filth from Honduras that we left behind imported here. Stop this. In my home state, 30 counties that voted for Obama twice voted for Trump twice in Iowa. A lot of rural places that aren't like you, not Republican loyalists by a long shot, not GOP lifers, they switched because they thought Trump was their voice and meant what he said and actually did some of the stuff that he said, unlike the previous Republicans you all voted for that did none of the stuff they said or did it against you instead. There's a price to pay for bringing this new blood in. There's a price to pay for this inspiration. They will expect results. They are not partisans. They're just people. They just want to live a good life. And they actually expect the people they're going to vote for are going to help do that. Wait till they find out. Not necessarily the case here. Because Alan West was right what he told you. This has gone on for 50, 60, 70 years. And we haven't had total Democrat control for 50, 60, 70 years around here, have we? Which meant who were the enablers of a lot of what went on here over the last 50, 60, 70 years? Your Jesuit priest Republicans over here. They know some generic God talk, but they're heretics. They have no chance against this over here. They show up for the exorcism and the demons over here. They giggle and laugh. You're sending us root and branch Mitch McConnell? Oh, no, please, not that. They're not going to stop here. They're on the highway to hell, and they saw the sign on the side of the road that said, next stop, ash heap of history, and they floored it. They're not going to stop here. They're not going to stop them over here. And we all know it. So don't make me travel 2,000 miles to come talk to you just so we can lie to each other and urinate on each other and pretend that it's raining. They're not going to stop them. Some will try. There's always a remnant. Some good people will try. But Washington, D.C. is Capital One in the Hunger Games. It is gone. And most of the media on its best day is Caesar Flickerman. And that's when it's not actually carrying water for this demonic agenda. This is where you come in. If this energy is not going to go away, and a new energy is rising up that says we have to stop this, and then it finds out later on that with a few limited exceptions, it has no agency, it has no representation, it can't do it. The people it vote for it vote, it's going to vote for, either don't have the stomach or they're okay with it. They just think too much of what they want is icky. Where will all that energy go? I know where it'll go. Because I've read a history book. Have you? This is what I believe we are demonically being cattle prodded into. And as a dude that doesn't want to live in a place where a pizza delivery guy either can't reach my home or is in no threat of potentially being robbed, 
and wants to spend eight hours a day on a Saturday watching college football, I can tell you the last damn thing I want to live through is a civil war. If we have one, it will be our own fault. We allowed this to happen because of a lack of conviction. I believe what you represent here at Convention of States, I don't believe it's a panacea. I don't believe it's a perfect solution. I don't. I do think it is fraught with some of the fears that some of our detractors have because I'm a total depravity guy and I trust human nature about as far as I can throw it, starting with my own. I also know this, just as this clock here on my time is winding down, the clock on our time here as a civilization is winding too. Can you hear it? President's talking about nuclear war out in the open. 189% higher mortgage payment today than if you own, bought your home the day before Joe, Joe, Biden, Joe Biden took office. 189% higher. 89% more mortgage interest if you bought your home today than if you bought it the day before Joe Biden took over. Can you hear it? We don't have baby formula, but we will inject the moms with an mRNA poisonous jab that they will pass on to their children. We'll do that, though, because it doesn't stay in your arm. It goes to your brain, goes to your ovaries, goes to your mammary glands, goes to your testes, goes everywhere, because that's what it was intended to do. Do you know what time it is? It is late the hour is late. The challenge before you is to remember the words of the late great D.L. Moody. I like my way of doing something better than your way of not doing anything. Is this the most perfect solution? No. Is it fraught with some issues? Yes. But the clock on the game is ticking down. We're in the final minute of the game. I don't have the time to matriculate the ball down the field, Hank Stram. We're out of timeouts. We've got to go the length of the field here. I don't have time for a 10-play conventional drive out of your game plan. Your game plan sucks, and it failed. And so when we get to the end of the game, and one team is behind, what do they do with the ball? They chuck it as far as they can into the end zone, hoping for a miracle called a Hail Mary. Why did it get that name? The first time it was ever tried was by Roger Staubach in a playoff game 40 years ago, almost 50 years ago, against the Minnesota Vikings. And when they went into the huddle, he just told Drew Pearson, run down the field as far as you can, and I'll throw it as far as I can. As they approached the line of scrimmage, Staubach said a few Hail Marys, took the snap, launched it, Pearson caught it, one of the most famous plays in NFL history. After the game, they said, How'd you, what happened? He goes, I just said some Hail Marys, and Drew Pearson caught it. And from that point forward, that's what the play's been called. You are the Hail Mary here. Some people will argue, well, the, the, the citizens aren't righteous, and that's why this is dangerous. You have the wrong argument. It's the other way around. It's because the citizenry, citizens, citizenry is not righteous that we need to give the faithful remnant another one more Hail Mary shot to win this thing. Because when this clock goes final, this is not a perpetual game. Every civilization thinks it will last forever. They didn't read history books either. 
We're not even 250 years old. This is the longest concurrent experiment in human self-government and freedom in the entire history of our species going back to Genesis 3 in the fall. Not even 250 years. The idea that we are guaranteed this forever, I don't know, did you live through the last 30 months? Can I leave my home? Can I take my kids to the park? Can I breathe free air? Can I be in the sun? Hell no, you don't get anything guaranteed forever. The game is coming close to an end. And I don't know if this will work. Here's what I do know. If we have the ball at the end of the game and we're behind on the scoreboard, we lose the game. We lose. And you can sit there and pontificate all the lint in your navel you want about the risks of throwing a Hail Mary pass. They almost never work, I know, which is why when Colorado did it successfully against my favorite team once, I'm still emotionally scarred, okay? <laughs> I do know this, though. If Cordell Stewart had not thrown that ball 65 yards, they would have lost the game because we were ahead and the game would end. This game will, called America will end. Whoever's ahead on the scoreboard, raise your hand if you think you're ahead on the scoreboard, because I want whatever you took this morning, okay? <laughs> this game called America will end. You are behind on the scoreboard. If we don't throw the ball into the end zone, I don't know if our, if our guys will catch it. I don't. I do know, though, if we're holding the ball at the end of the game and the scoreboard has us behind, we lost, which makes us losers and idiots for at least not trying it. A lot of you asked me last night, how do I respond to this objection? How do I respond to that objection? How do I respond to this objection? Here's what I would say to you. First, figure out if it's an objection worthy of even responding to. Okay? And here is why. You are Nehemiah's rebuilding the wall. And I promise you, whenever you attempt to rebuild the walls of your home, of your family, of your culture, Sanballat and Tobiah always show up. If you know your scriptures, Sanballat and Tobiah are the two pagans who come and try to get Nehemiah to come down from the wall. Let's talk. Let's debate forever. And Nehemiah, with a sword in one hand and a hammer in the other, says, I cannot come down from this wall, for I am doing a very great and important work. Most of the objections you will get are false objections. One way to find out. Hey, I can see why. I agree. There's inherent risk. You know, that's why we weren't advocating this 20 years ago. There was still plenty of time in the conventional system. I'm just curious, though, then what's your, what's your solution? Oh, okay. So your plan is my one John Birch Society sheriff, who's really a great patriot in Idaho, he'll stand up to the entire 101st Airborne when they get sent in. That's your plan? Or 20 of those guys will. Clive and Bundy at all? Done that much? That's your plan. What's your plan? And maybe you just earnestly don't believe that we're at this late of an hour. Fine, I respect that. We just aren't going to agree on that then, situationally and tactically. And then move on. Kick the dust off your sandals and move on. Don't be Donald Trump calling Maggie Haberman, begging for her approval for 10, 15 damn years. Move on. Crush those people instead. You don't need, you're not going to get everybody on board. 
One thing being a kid to a 15-year-old mom with an abusive stepdad who went to 11 different schools, K through 12 all over the country, one thing it taught me was not to need the approval of a lot of people simultaneously. It's okay if some of your friends, even great Christian patriot friends, disagree with you. Some of those people in Idaho I just mentioned are some of my friends. I just went and spoke to them a couple summers ago. They don't agree with me at all. Did it change my mind? No, because unlike what you're typically accustomed to by beings that possess penises in this era, I'm an actual man, all right? And I'm going to need more than your disappointment to change my mind if I believe in something. Thank you very much. Every minute you spend arguing with a potential false objection is a minute that you lost holding back the spirit of the age and the winds of war. I'll make a very old pop culture reference for you. The devil is Eddie Haskell. <laughs> provoking each of you. And then when you're both provoked, he looks at you on the left and you on the right and says, you know, I, I think you guys should fight. And then just backs away and watches the show. This would be the absolute dumbest squandering of prosperity in all of human history. And there's been a lot of them. But this would be the dumbest. Putin can't freaking subdue Ukraine. A guy with one green shirt in eight months and he's Darth Vader? The Shycoms can't even subdue their own people three years into the COVID they unleashed on them. Who, are, who stands against us in this world? Nobody. Nobody. That's why you're getting away with $300 trillion in debt. There is no conquering army to call the note. This doesn't have to end this way. And it will only end this way by our own complacency. So I close with this encouragement to you. If you know what time it is, fight the good fight, keep the faith, and finish the race. Finish the race. Thank you. To learn more, visit conventionofstates.com slash pod.